For another episode of the Bench Mob ENT, a Thanksgiving special, little bonus content. We dropping the episode right now. Actually, it's coming out at 10 o'clock. It's on. Check it out on streams everywhere. When y'all see this, we're gonna drop this at nighttime. So y'all get two episodes in the same day on Thanksgiving. That's how much we thankful to y'all as our supporters, as our people that rock with us. But we got with us my guy, Desmond. Hurts. Hey. Slice. AKA Slice Groove. AKA Man of the Hour. AKA Money Man. Building the night. How are well, it's not even nighttime yet. (laughs) I see this is gonna be nighttime in the building. How you doing, man? I'm good, brother. I'm you know, happy Thanksgiving to you. Happy Thanksgiving to you. You know, it's that time of the year, so I'm I'm glad to be here. I'm, I'm you know, I'm a big fan of the show. Appreciate it. We we appreciate you taking time out on Thanksgiving. Yo, I want to start here, bro. So you went to Hampton. Yes, sir. What was your HBCU experience like, and what made you choose Hampton? Okay, so let's let's take it back. Ooh, man, I'm gonna get my bag real quick. I ain't had a question like this in a minute. So let's stay back to uh, the spring of 2010. I'm putting in a couple college applications at the time. Uh, I think like you know back February. So you know usually hear back um during the springtime like two and a half months before graduation so originally my plan actually was to attend winston-salem state i had a cousin that was in administration uh i took a visit um and i was happy with how i saw the campus and so what ends up happening is that i i actually got a decline letter from winston-salem state and at that time I was surprised, but I I had Morgan in my back pocket. Morehouse was doing on-the-spot admissions. And I got Hampton and Howard on the same day. Mm. So, And my mother went to Howard, right? So I got one letter from Howard, but I got three letters from Hampton. So that lets you know you got in to one and you didn't get into the other. And when that happened, uh, I remember my cousin calling me and asking me, did I get my acceptance letter from Winston-Salem State? And I said, actually, I didn't get accepted. She made a couple of phone calls. Now they calling me like, hey, we apologize. We want you to come to our school. And I'm like, I'm sorry, but I already accepted to go to Hampton. And they were like, is there anything we can do, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, I mean, we could talk about some scholarship money. You know, you want me to come at this point? Uh, at the end of the day, they ended up hanging up the phone. And, you know, I, I ended up uh, attending Hampton for the pre-college program, summer of 2010. Mm-hmm. And, bro, I, 
from there, man, the rest is history. Uh, my Hampton University HBCU experience is, I really feel like it's one in a million. Um, it was a, a great time of understanding. You know, when you first get to Hampton, a lot of people don't know this. There's a lot of rules and regulations you got to follow, right? One of the biggest ones was a curfew. Mm. A lot of people don't know that. So, you know, when you're a freshman um, in the summer program and then going into the fall right after homecoming, if, ever, if all the freshmen are doing well, all the dorms are doing well, um, you, you have curfew uh, Sunday through Thursday at 10 p.m. And Friday and Saturday was, uh, I believe it was midnight. So once you get past homecoming, if everything was cool, then you get off a of curfew. You know, it's mm-hmm. like a, a breeze. But, you know, at that time, I thought it was whack. Like, all oh, these other schools, you you were going to parties with uh, cats going to NSU or going to, like, Old Dominion or, you know, places like that. And they'd looking at you like, oh, wow, you got a curfew. Like, that's crazy. And we're kind of like, man, okay, I guess. But looking back on it now, it really saved us. Because, bro, after 10 o'clock, being that age, between 17 and 22 years old, you don't need to be on the streets too late. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's all types of wild things that happen. So I'm kind of grateful for that experience. Um, same thing with dorm directors, the, the CAF, uh, the Hampton Runaround, the student center parties. Like, I really feel like I did have a different experience compared to um, other young African-Americans that even went to PWIs because their campuses are so big and their groups of, of their backgrounds are so small. I feel like they didn't get to embrace the whole college experience like I did. Nah, that's definitely true. I think about it every day, man. Um, I was going to go to Morgan State, but okay, my Dukes ain't want that distance for the kids. So I hear you. That ain't happened. But my my cousin went to Morgan State. We had him on the show. He said the same thing. Okay, experience and how everybody is like it feels they're way more invested in you at these HBCUs. And you mentioned literally four different HBCUs. So this was something basically from Jump Street, you already knew, like, growing up, you was going to HBCU? Yeah, um, you know, I think at first when I was considering college, because, you know, most people, if your parents want you to go to college, they might go back all the way to, like, eighth grade, ninth grade, like, okay, name a list of schools you want to go to. And at that time, especially if you were in sports, you named schools like University of Miami, uh, uh, Maryland at the time, because I was, I was going to high school down there. Um, I, I'm naming schools like uh, Cal Berkeley, like all these type of different places. <laughs> But then as you get into the real process, I actually was in Naval ROTC when I was in high school all four years. So I actually thought I was going to be able to get a Naval scholarship. Um, So I applied to the Naval Academy, uh, University of San Diego, Villanova, and Morehouse. So all these schools had ROTC programs at the time. Um, But then once I got to my, my second semester of my senior year, I decided, like, you know what? I don't think I want to be in the military. So it ended up working out for me that I had these options and um, and Hampton was that answer. And, you know, it, it's at that time, I'm not going to say it was the a strong reason, but it was something to look forward to. Any of the Hampton alumni you talk to, the ratio of woman to man on campus is 12 to 1. Now, that was 10 years ago. I don't know how it is now. So... I'm not going to lie. At the time, you're like, oh, okay, we'll see. But when you get to campus, you feel like you're seeing the most beautiful women <laughs> in the world. Like, you saw something new every day. And that was, I'm talking every day for four years, I, I saw a new face. Straight up. Yeah, that's keeping it real, though. That, that's a big factor when you go on your college campus visits. 
you look to see what you're looking at. Yes, sir. For sure. Will I have fun here? Uh, I don't see too many of my sisters here. I don't <laughs> know about this. For real, though, it's, it's, it's real. Ah, that makes complete sense. We hear from athletes all the time, too, like, yo, they had some bad chicks. So when they go on these visits, oh, yo, they, we had, they had the baddest chicks. That, we visual. We visual. I think for, for Hampton University, it, it's one thing to have beautiful women, right? Because, you know, it, it's not just Black women. Like, you, you, you um, seeing women from around the world and, you know, the islands and things like that. Um, but they have vision and um, intellect. And, and that more so, too, was, like, something very interesting that you're not seeing on a daily basis. Like, what's your drive? Like, what, what do you want to do in life? You know, you ask somebody that at that age, like, 16, 17, 18 years old, they're like, oh, I don't know. And you're not supposed to know. But when you are around a group of women that know what they want to do and, and, and they got a plan of action, that's definitely a motivation for you to be around those type of people. You know what I'm saying? So shout out to the men, too, the Hampton men. We, we, some, we some strong... Uh, Black men, we don't cheat. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Shout out to all the, the queens and kings out there. Straight yes. facts. So at Hampton, what did you end up choosing to study when you was at uh, Hampton? Man, so when I first got there, right, <clears throat> it's a funny story. My first major was recreation. So yeah, she said, what, what is recreation? Like, what is that? And at the time, like, you were studying to, like, be an instructor on, like, a cruise ship. And you were going to show folks around and, you oh. know, it's another type of like uh, experience of, of they call sports, uh, sports activities. Right. So that was my freshman year. Now, let me tell you something. As a recreation major, my uh, I went to the pre-college program, like I said, so I took three classes. So going in to freshman year, I had like a three point six GPA. Right. Did well in the summer, man. My freshman year, bro, I had. Uh, uh, like a, a math class, a university one-on-one class, a gym class, and swimming, advanced swimming, right? Well, it used to be times, I because I only got those four classes freshman year, man, I would, let's say, let's take a Friday. Friday, I would have uh, swimming at like uh, 9 a.m., go do that for like an hour and 50 minutes, go to the student center, get some Chick-fil-A, Go lay it down for a second, get changed. And then what we used to have during the 12 to 2 hour was like activity hour on campus. Mm-hmm. So everybody knew on Friday between 12 and 2, you're going to find Des in the student center. If you're looking for me, you don't got to call me. You don't got to text me. You know I'm in there with the DJs rocking out. I'm seeing who coming through. I'm seeing who got what going on this weekend, right? But once I got in the second semester, I knew I had to make a change because I said, this is not what my mother and father sent me to school for. This is not what I wanted to go to school for. It's, 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 I'm making it too easy for myself, but I'm going to be here another six years if I keep this up. So, so going into sophomore year, I decided to switch into sports administration. And once I did that, that's when I kind of elevated when it came to what I wanted to do while I was um, at the university. Because what that ended up leading into was uh, by my senior year, I was an intern for the uh, Boo Williams Sportsplex, who has a major sponsorship with Nike and EYBL and AAU. Um, so that's a great facility to check out. Anybody in the 757 area, Hampton Roads, um, the Boo Williams Sportsplex, a lot of people have gone there. If you played AAU or EYBL um, for, for basketball and track and field, um, 
And then also at the time, Hampton was in the MEAC conference, which is based in Norfolk. And I was an intern there with the championships and compliance for my senior year. Um, and I did that up until graduation. Um, and then once I got to graduation, that's when I kind of was trying, I kind of got a little lost because what, what happened was I didn't know when I graduated what I was going to go do because I didn't have opportunities right out of the gate. Like I had a job ready. So I decided to stay and I got my master's in sports administration, intercollegiate sport. And I did that for a year and I did well, but I was ready to get out of the college life. I did it for years and I, I did it right. I graduated on time, but I knew I didn't want to be in that setting anymore. So I did an accelerated program. I graduated within a year and a half. Um, actually a year in the summer, it wasn't even a year and a half, literally uh, one, uh, two semesters and a, and a summer program. And then I got the internship with CBS in New York in 2015. That's how I ended up back up North to end my college career. That sounds like a good path, especially being the fact that you challenge yourself after that, that freshman year, like, yo, that's not what my parents sent me here for. This is what I do to improve. And speaking again to like what you said, so in that time frame, when you 17, 18, a lot of kids don't have that mindset. So shout out to you for having that mindset. A lot of kids would have just been on cruise control, like, I right, bet. And now they're looking at junior, senior year and like, dad, what the heck did I do, bro? Like, yeah. The best advice I can give when it comes to being like around that age, like I say, between 18 and 22, um, the be if you don't know what you're going to do, grind in the meantime, I guarantee you while you're grinding, you're going to know what you want to do. Because while I was in school, bro, um, everybody will tell you, I was the guy, my freshman year, I was on campus. Um, by my sophomore year, I was off campus. In my crew of friends, I was the only one off campus. Everybody was, was in the dorm. I had my, my, my apartment. And everybody used to come over to my house and, and, and do whatever. Um, by my junior year, I moved a little bit away from campus. Um, with, I had an apartment with two other guys. And I had a, uh, my first job in Virginia. I was working at Office Depot. I was doing that, grinding out. Um, I remember my dad told me, like, if you want a car, you got to go get a job. I did that for two months. I even walked to work and even got and pitch rides to campus. He saw my grind. He went out and got me my first car. And I, and I did that. Uh, once I, I left Office Depot, I ended up at Domino's. Working at Domino's, doing the delivery thing, you know, and I used to grind with that. I'm talking, man, I got some crazy stories when it comes to Domino's, bro. Like, like I, I'm going to keep it simple. Like, so, you know, you, you're in college, and let's say it's Friday, Saturday night, right? Mm -hmm. You're having a party. Um, not myself, but let's say my friends are having parties, and they know I'm getting off at, like, 9, 10 o'clock, something like that, right? That's what I used to have them do. It's a secret, so nobody tell. Anybody watching the episode, don't tell, tell the story. So I used to have them order, like, three, four pies, okay? And then what happens, when it was about to go out for delivery, I tell them, yo, call back. Call back, it would cancel. Cancel the order. Now they got four pies or like, it could be specialty pies, whatever. The chances of me getting one of those pies was, like, more than 50%. If I got two of them, it's a good night, right? So I used to come in, and when I get off work, clock out, grab the pies, head to the spot, feed the party real quick. We turn out, they got, the, you know, bottles ready. You know what I'm saying? I, I've been doing this, and then if there was times when it wasn't a party, I used to go out into the, the apartment complex that was right next next to the campus. Like I say, you go pay, it's, it's a, it's a $5.99 for a medium pizza, right? 
and then you ain't even paying tax and the delivery fee and the tip. I said, yo, throw me a smooth five. I give it to you right now. Used to make money that way too. I was hustling, man. I was I was getting the job done. Best way possible. <laughs> yeah, I worked with you at Hertz. That's all we did. <laughs> yeah, bro. That's all early, we early grind. All we did was hustle over there. So I already I can imagine you in college. So yes, sir. I already knew the vibes with that. Yo, so you at CBS CBS Sports now for for our listeners. For everybody that's tapped in, uh, what do you do at CBS Sports and how have you been able to use your degree with CBS? So that's a two-part question. So at CBS, I am a broadcast associate for the graphics department. So I work on several shows a week. Um, So far this season, I've been on, uh, I I just did a shift last night for Inside College Basketball. Um, I also, on Sundays, I do my uh, Topps pregame show. Uh, it's, it's called the other pregame show with Adam Sheen and a whole bunch of other um, uh, guests such as London Fletcher uh, and guys like that. Um, so we do that show. It's eight to 12, but that I, I come in at like four in the morning. I have a meeting at five. Then we start shooting um, between eight and 12. Monday, I do a show called Monday QB. That's with some legends like uh, like um, Rich Gannon, Trent Green. Um, Boomer um, Esiason mm-hmm. and I've done Tiki and Tierney's radio show uh, and Inside College Football as well so I do different shows depending on the week um, my job in graphics is anytime you're looking at a show and you see for example like a full screen of somebody's stats uh, what they did on the season or what they did in a certain game I'm the one with my operators putting that together uh, to, to throw on. There's also uh, some called uh, lower thirds where um, it's like a topic bar that that it will pull up um, different statements, topics, questions, and stats while the commentators are talking. So I've dealt with all these type of things in, in, in graphics, right? Um, which has been a blessing. It was way different than what I've been doing beforehand with CBS. I was doing a lot of grind work, like an edit runner, a logger. Um, you know, I, I call it like uh, shrimp work, sh- shrimp, shrimp at the bottom of the barrel when it comes to the sea. But now I think I've elevated a little bit where I, I've got a little bit more um, stain and I have more um, direction of what I want to do with my CBS career than I had before. Yeah. And you asked the second question you asked was, what did I do with my degree? So every, everybody listening, I want, want y'all to know with what I'm doing right now with CBS, it's not because of my degree. Now, I have a sports background. I'm a sports guru. Um, like I said, I have my undergrad in uh, degree, my bachelor's in sports management, and I have my master's in sports administration. But those degrees did not dictate where I am at now. What got me to where I am was connections. I literally, 2015, when I came in, when I was doing my internship, I, um, I, I knew I got to know somebody that's, that um, gave me the opportunity. And then what I had to do was, I did these per DM jobs with CBS and then, and then I did other jobs in the meantime. Prime example, you and I were working at Hertz together. When I ended up leaving, as soon as I left, I was able to work uh, the football and basketball season with CBS because I was plugged in with somebody. Although I was doing that job for, to pay the bills mm-hmm. um, full time, it still gave me the opportunity. So, my, my best advice I can give is don't stop meeting people. Um, it doesn't matter at the end of the day what your degree is. You're, you're, you're paying 
for that piece of paper so that you can get past the point of do you have a degree? Some people may not care what your degree is. That it, it's really about how much knowledge you have. You can literally have um, a, a degree in uh, communications or economics, but if you know a lot about the job that they're asking you to do and somebody can sign off on that, that's how you get in, in all honesty. So I want my, uh, my young brothers and sisters to know that. Um, still striving what you want to do. I say if you have a big interest in something, um, major in it, but minor in something that can that you can have a backup plan with. I think that's my only regret going to school. I didn't minor in anything for a fallback plan. So that's like the only advice I want to give. But, you know, everybody keep grinding and, and, and keep doing what your path is. You know, you're on the right path. Some people don't have a path. Keep that in mind. That's great right there. I'm on the same page. Like, I really wish I minored in something like production or film or cinema, especially with everything that I'm doing now. Like, you just dropped knowledge for me. I ain't know what that was called. That'd be at the bottom of the screen. Mm-hmm. Did not know that. And I've been asking people. I don't even know why I think they ask you. I've been asking people, like, yo, what is that thing called? How can I put that on my show? Mm-hmm. What type of, you know, do I got to get a different type of network? Do I got to get a software for it? Yeah, bro. Knowledge right there. I'm like, we gonna we gonna tap in. I mean, we gonna have some more talk about obviously through the episode, but we are gonna tap in about some more ways um, with softwares and, and and how you can get things jumping um, to bring that that creativity to the show because it's in your mind. I know it is. We've talked about it all the time. Yeah. So so, so we'll make sure we get that done. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Um, now transitioning, we got we got to talk about your Giants. How what, what <laughs> how you feeling about? You know, Jason Garrett just fired. How you feeling about Danny Doms? I mean, we could go a bevy of ways. We'll start off with with the firing of Jason Garrett. You think more is coming down the line? Yes and no. Uh, first off, I am very pleased that Jason Garrett has been relieved of his duties. I've known since maybe the second game of the season that he was going to be holding us back with all these weapons we had. Um, now, you know, injuries also have been a big factor in why the Giants have not had success this season. But his play calling, it, just like how it was in Dallas, is too predictable. It's too simple. Um, I really feel like that hire was to help Judge because Judge has never had um, head coaching experience. And I get it. Garrett has. Garrett has also been a, a, a quarterback with the New York Giants. So there was some familiarity there. Um, and they tried it. It didn't work. It's time to move on. Um, I do think Joe Judge's job is safe. I do not think Dave Gettleman's job is safe, right? So with that being said, um, I think the general manager position that, uh, next will be an interesting one. Um, I really want somebody like Lewis Riddick to take over. I don't know if the Giants GM job is attractive for, for guys to want to come in. Um so we're going to see about that. Now, regarding – let me get this last part out. With players, right, uh, this is where I'm at. I was giving Daniel Jones some hope, but he's not it. Mm. It's, it's just that simple. You know, I like his build. I, I, I like his – I think he's a smart guy. I just think when it comes to being – sometimes, you know what it is? Sometimes New York is a lot for people. When you go somewhere else, a smaller market, um, the mistakes you make aren't under a microscope. Mm-hmm. And I think with Daniel Jones, like, I think what he does great, 
he's getting the praise, but when he does bad, it's it's twice as bad regarding um the feedback he's gonna get. Uh, an, another thing I want to say. Everybody always asks me about Saquon. You know, his his fifth year is gonna be coming up, and are, should the Giants resign him? Uh, you know, what should be the case? I mean, I wish Greg was on on this part of the segment because he. I want to see what he had to say about this. I'm actually okay if I think the Giants will um, uh, give Saquon the, the the fifth year option. Like they'll they'll sign off on it, right? I wouldn't mind if you let Saquon walk and you go give a guy like Tony Pollard some money. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, that guy is a gadget, and you're not going to be paying him as much as Saquon because he wasn't a high draft pick. The one thing I learned about, it's not that Saquon is not good. It's that you can't take a running back that high with all the needs that you have for a, a football team. You know what I'm saying? If the yeah. Giants had solidified an offensive line like the Cowboys did a couple of years back, like with when with, with Zeke, um, I think you can go that route. But because you didn't necessarily have the tools for him to be successful in the first place, you got to let him go figure things out on another team, and you really got to build the foundation. I think the Giants forgot to build a foundation. That's why they're trying to figure out why the house is sinking. In all honesty, that's it. That's it. That's a- <laughs> that's a Jada Kiss line right there. <laughs> Drop the mic right there. Yeah, man. Name you mentioned, Lewis Riddick. I feel he should have been had a job, man. I feel right. like he should have been had a job. I think the thing, like you said, I don't know if it's going to be that attractive of a job for uh, New York, but we'll see what happens. Um, like you said, of course, you know, I'm going to post the clip, have Greg comment because you know Greg is it. That's a Giants lover, man. He was talking 10 and 7 at the beginning of this year. You know what? So I was on my boy Jason podcast, right? Shout, shout out to Jason. Um, and we spoke about the Giants and Jets schedule because he's a Jets fan. And I looked at the schedule and I'm like, I can see us winning 10 games, right? Because think about it. Let, let's let's just go over the, for a couple games. The Giants should have won that Chiefs game. Mm-hmm. Okay. The Giants should have won that Atlanta game, which I'm still mad about because I got tickets off the strength to go. I got off of work. That was Eli Manning's retirement ceremony. I was at the game, and I was trying to figure out how we lost. So I I was still hurting about that, okay? And then the game we we played Washington. Was it Washington? There was another game that we should have won. So there's three games that, that, that we previously played that I really think if we win those games, we're, we're not in the same hot seat, okay? So I've been hurting. I've been trying to navigate my feelings. Things should go somewhere, but you know what? This is what I'm hopeful for. If we're not going to do well, I'm hoping Chicago don't do well. That's two top picks in the draft, okay? Hey, guys, also, I'm going to let y'all know, parenting, it don't stop. Say hi, hi Zuri. Hi. hi. It don't stop. You can you can be on the podcast. You can be working. The present. That's these are my friends. Say hi, Antonio. Hi, Antonio. Hey. Hey. How are you? Happy. Hey, how you doing? Say happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Hey. This this is two years old for you. Here, go, go ask mommy for some water. Tell her give me juice. I want juice. Tell mommy I want juice. 
Okay? You got to persuade them too, folks. So I'm ready to leave you alone. Transitioning. Thank you again. We got Desmond Purse on the show. Before we go into our With the Quickness segment, talk to me about Beer Pong Sports. How did it come about? What was the concept behind it? Um, we see the success with it. We see it growing. Talk to me about that um, and how people can support and follow the page. Copy. So let's let's take it back um, before the pandemic, okay? Uh, I had a conversation with one of my closest friends and my partner, Chris Tolbert. Shout out to Chris Tolbert. Um, we grew up together. Um, he was one of those cats when <clears throat> me originally being from New York and then I moved down to the, to the DMV area. Um, this is one of my first friends. And we were friends before we knew we was friends. Like, we used to play football against each other because we went to different um, elementary schools. But um, growing up, we, we knew of each other. And then we ended up going to the same middle school and we ended up going to uh, different high schools, but we, we lived down a block from each other. So Chris is a former college athlete. He, he played football at Central Connecticut State and transferred to uh, Simon Fraser, which is the only Division One school in Canada, I believe, in Vancouver. Um, and then me playing lacrosse at, at Hampton, us playing, you know, formerly playing sports, we had a conversation like, yo, we should come up with like a sports page. Now, Chris came to me originally with the idea, and I thought about it like, that would kind of be dope if I had the opportunity to show like highlights and, and topics and, and, and let people share their opinions on an Instagram page. And it doesn't have, it, it, it's not that it has to be censored, but it doesn't have to um, have a cap to it, right? So we talk about it uh, on a video shoot of his because he's a, he's a manager. And the conversation went well. The pandemic hits. So now everybody's at home trying to figure out what's next, what they're going to do. And I know me at the time, working from home or doing whatever I was doing during, during the pandemic, um, I was trying to figure out a way. It wasn't that I was looking for an opportunity with money. I was looking for an opportunity to engage, to grow something that can be bigger later down the line. Mm -hmm. So we having conversations over the pandemic. And then before you know it, we decide we're going to start up Bear Punk Sports. Now, Bear Punk Sports uh, is, is, a, is also affiliated with Bear Punk Media. Uh, the concept behind it, this is how I explain it to people. You, when, you, when you hear Bear Pong, you think of Bear Pong, right? Mm -hmm. So I look at it like you're going back and forth in conversation, just like you're going back and forth in a, in a, bear, pong, in a bear Pong game. And it allows for us uh, to, to show, you know, the, the, the mascot um, being a bear, like a, I, I look at it like a grizzly bear. And so when you have these topics, some people get real passionate, real emotional start yelling, screaming, expressing himself like a grizzly bear. Like, you got to get your point across. Mm -hmm. um, and so we started this page via IG. Um, like I said, we're at Bear Punk Sports. And how we grew the page was we targeted um, first uh, a basketball um, fan base. Mm -hmm. So we, we wanted, to, we wanted to, to see, like, not just – we weren't thinking small either. Not like just uh, region wise, like because because we, we're in two different places. Like I'm in Jersey, he's he's in he's in the uh, the the Atlantic East area, right? So 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 with that being said, so with that being said, right? Um, we knew we had to touch base with a with a base that was outside of just the United States. 
So most of our followers, they're going to come from all around the world. We've got folks that are over in Europe tapping in with us. We got folks in Canada. We got we got folks in, in China. We've even had folks reach out in, in places like India. We didn't go small. So, we, you know, we, we knew we wanted to get to a certain place when it came to followers and, and content. Um, so, so we've done a, a little bit. We, lately, it, it's been slow regarding our progress because we got to a point where, you know, we still have full-time jobs. Yeah. So keeping up with it can be tough. But we knew this wasn't for just right now. We want this for years. So once we pick back up with it, we have bigger goals. Like, I want to be able to shoot um, webisodes and, and documentaries to send to Netflix. And they're looking at it like, oh, wow, like, we want to pay you guys for this. Or we want to shoot, shoot our own stuff with our own cameras. Like, it's a bigger idea. So I, I encourage people with anything that you um, are passionate about. Like, I know I'm passionate about sports. I can talk sports all day. I don't get tired of it. I can wake up. I, I don't even have to watch full-blown cable. I literally can watch ESPN nonstop, NFL Network, and maybe some of my shows. But, like, and I, Bleacher Report on my phone, Twitter, Sleeper app. I, I do it all. So if you are passionate for it and you're not getting paid to do it, you know it's for you. Um, build slow. Don't think about right now. Don't think about making money right now. Think about over time what you want to do. And as long as you have the plan, somebody's going to want to tap in and invest in you. So that, that that's the biggest thing with Bear Pong. Bear Pong is our, our baby. Um, like I said, we got some more content we, we need to, to tap in with. It's been a little slow lately. Um, but we're hoping to pick up soon, man. So it's been dope. So, yeah, bro. That's what's up. You know, we support, we follow. Yes. You know, post it. We'll put all the information on here for y'all to follow too. Um, you seen something that you said just made me think about it. Have you seen King Richard yet? I have. Literally what you just said, bro. Literally what you just said. Have the plan. Write it down. Somebody gonna invest in you. I'm not gonna go too deep into it because actually, surprise for y'all, me and my wife are doing a review on the movie. So that's another that's Dope. some more content that y'all get. So I ain't gonna give y'all all my viewpoints on it, but check out King Richard, bro. That it's definitely a solid movie. Yeah, go go tap in, y'all. Please. Yeah, that junk couple times sent chills. And you, I know you get it because when you grind it and you got your own business, you got your own dreams, your own vision, and you keep your hand no, but you gotta keep going. It that yeah. just it, it hit different. I mean, I was telling my wife though, like sidebar, Will Smith really be doing the thing, and I'm like, I don't know why we thought for one second that his marriage was good. He's a great actor. <laughs> I never thought about it like that. I mean, hey, you know what? He he knew like the. I think after a while um, with your family, you you have a certain setup of, you know, how you and your wife have your relationship, how you and your kids and, and, your, and your wife, how y'all mesh. Um, but they their lives are on the front page like all the time. Like, where's their privacy? And so that allows me to know what my success like. I want to be successful. I don't want to be famous, though. Yeah, I used to think I want to be famous because I like when people know me and I know a lot of people. I'm cool with being on the backside, being connected and still having my privacy because, man, because now we 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 about to go into a whole other topic. Like, let's talk about it. I mean, let's talk about it. But a factor is mental health. At what point does it take over 
and allow you it, it, it throws you off from your original plan or or how you thought things were going to be like that's very important that you protect your mental health um so that it doesn't deter you away from what you want to do because we're seeing that a lot especially with with, with with black men and women like we have to be more conscious than any other race for a yeah, fact you um one of the things that always come to mind with the transition they kids and everything like I can't even imagine, you know, what that is, like you said, on the mental health of having to basically hear every week something with your mom and your pop, something going on, y'all on the front news, everybody got their own opinions and things like that. And it goes to even the sports aspect, like you said, playing in New York, your mental health has to be in check. Your yeah, man. Has to be good. And I, I think about it, like, let, let's just go back to the, uh, the 80s. That makes it the most simple. Back then, you can literally go play ball Let's say you have a rough game. If you don't throw on TV, if you're not reading a newspaper, you're really not going to know how much people have to say about you. And you can bounce back and have a great game like we've seen some greats doing the past. These guys today, man, like I really do uh, appreciate somebody like Calvin Ridley. He's got it all. Uh, he's a star receiver. Um, he's, he's got the skills. But he still decided, like, you know what? I'm not right. And, and we don't know how much he he has to take care of on the back end. I'm sure he's taking care of his family and families. And that takes a big toll on yourself and not allow you to be you. So I'm all for getting yourself right, taking a breather, not trying to please everybody. Because at the end of the day, who going to please you but you? Nobody's going to please you like you're going to please you. Nobody. Yes, we have partners and, and, and wives and things like that, but just like they got to take care of themselves, we got to take care of ourselves, and once we take care of ourselves, we can take care of others. Facts right there. If you're not taking care of you, you can't take care of nobody else, so make sure you in check, and then you can help out the world, but you got to make sure you in check first, because if you... We've seen this on Instagram, and we'll transition. If you are warming the whole world up with your fire and your love. You're going to be cold by the end of the night because you ain't got nothing left for you. Treat like that. Giving everything out. That's right. Transitioning to with the quickness segment is basically some rapid fire, this or that, questions, whatever comes to your head first. Of course, it's Thanksgiving, so we got to start with some Thanksgiving ones. Are we going with baked turkey or deep fried turkey? Oh, that's a good question. I really want to try uh, a, a deep fried turkey. I haven't done it yet. I, I didn't get to do it this year, uh, but next year I'm going to plan to do a deep fried turkey. So I'm going with deep fried turkey as my answer. Sweet potato pie or pumpkin pie? Oh, pumpkin pie. What? What question is that? You give me that sweet potato pie. Ask me no question like that. <laughs> we going with Denver Mellow or Nugget or um, – New York Mellow. Man, you gonna ask me a question like that. But you know what though? I remember when I was a kid, the mellow that I fell in love with as a basketball player is Denver Mellow. I love I love Nick Mellow, but I, I it's, it's like a, when I see him, those highlights it makes me feel like a kid again. Denver Mellow, especially as a Lakers fan, that boy had me nervous, bro. That series with Coach, I thought they was gonna win that. They showed bro. bro. Denver Mellow. Sidebar, he should have been a piston, but that's another conversation for another oh. day. 
if he was a Piston, we we talk about his career completely different. Yes, sir. Completely, but he gonna get it. Uh, I was gonna say he gonna get it shipped this year, but I'm not that confident in my Lakers. I don't know gonna... at this point. I'm hoping though. I, I'm I want to have it too. I want I want Melo to get a ring, but as a Lakers fan, I'm gonna keep it a stack. They got a long, long, long way to go. They do. Y'all see it in the episode today that's out right now. I talk about Bron. Yes, Bron is that guy. But Bron at this point should not have to do that every single night. So that's not a good thing. That's right. That's right. <laughs> that's not a good thing. All right. So then we got mellow question out the way. What's your go-to meal? Oh, um, I've transitioned. So I used to be like a real pizza guy. New York pizza. Boom. Keep it going. Um, Now understanding like being a, an older man and you got to eat better, like I, I need some type of like chicken, rice, veggies, uh, fajitas type of thing. So like if I can grab like some Cadoba or something like that, that's probably like the best go-to meal to, to get right. And matter of fact, I'm gonna say it right here on the podcast, Cadoba's better than Chipotle. I used to think the other way around, but Cadoba's better than Chipotle. So we're gonna keep it that simple. We on board with that one. <laughs> <laughs> we on board with that one. All right, so you worked at Domino's. Domino's or Papa John's Pizza? Oh, I'm still going to go with Domino's. Um, Pop- Papa John's, like, I did like the taste at one point, but mm-hmm. Domino's diversity, uh, their their prices, um, their rewards program is, is lit f- for your boy. I don't know how many free pieces I've gotten, so I'm going with Domino's. Domino's, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. All right, so give me – yeah, NFL MVP this year. NFL MVP. Now, this transitions. You know, I, I used to think it was one person. Now, with the way it, it's been going, um, man, I think I'm going to have to give it to. I'm going to say Kyler. Um, yeah, he's missed the, these last three games. But what happens is the fact that th- this team believes in him and because they do, they still have not missed a beat when it comes to still winning games, playing together. When he comes back, he's he going to be on one. DeAndre Hopkins is going to be on one. I'm going to give it to Kyler. At, at one point, I was thinking, like, you know, it could be somebody like Stafford. Uh, it could be somebody like I, – I, I was hoping for, like, if the Cowboys are going to have a strong season and, and Dak to come back, that would have been great. But I'm going to give it to Kyler. couple more before we get you out of here. Who's coming out the NFC? If the Cowboys lose today, it's going to be Philly. Ooh. You got to see their schedule, bro. It's sweet. Jalen Hurts been playing as good as of late, too. You know what I'm saying? They finally found a run game. Their defense, Ben, don't break. Don't be they surprised. Run, they run game been great. What, last something? three games. Last three games, like 200-plus yards rushing, three straight games. And the crazy thing with Philly, stat to throw out here, mm-hmm. they've had 200 rushing yards, three straight games, with not one running back having 100 yards. This is by committee. That's right. by, running, by committee. That's right. Running down your throat. Yeah. They going crazy, Philly. And I we posted it on IG because I'm like, if Dallas don't pick it up, Philly looking like, yo, what's up? So I say, bro, if Dallas don't get this win today, everything they got going on, it's going to be bad. So watch out for Philly. AFC. Who's coming out the AFC? You think you think the Chiefs going to get it together? Be back in the Super Bowl? Who's coming out of the AFC? 
Um, and it was looking like Tennessee at one point. They got a whole lot going. They looking like frauds. Um, this is the dark horse. I'm, I mean, I don't think it's a dark horse, but I love him as a quarterback. I'm going to give it to the Chargers. Justin Herbert, I wish he was my QB. Um, yo, he's on one. Uh, Austin Eckler has, has found his swag again. Um, the D, I, I like the guys they got on defense, bro. I'm, I'm picking the Chargers to go out the AFC, man. Like, you know, I still don't think the, the Colts got enough. I think they've had some cool games, but overall, they're going to lose some. Uh, Baltimore, they find ways to win, but this is what the problem is with Baltimore. You see this now. All it takes is to get to the playoffs and lose a game. It's over. I think the Chargers can run the table. Transition to basketball. Who you got? Super, super early prediction. Who you got coming out the East? I got two teams. Okay. I got to say the Knicks. I don't got a choice. But the team that I really like this year that I'm not surprised at their success, I like Chicago. I'm loving Chicago. I think between, like, Chicago and Washington has been off to a good start. Yeah. Chicago is built to sustain that. Washington, on the other hand, I think they'll be back at the bottom of the barrel, like, as usual. They might end up being a playing team. Yeah. I see going all the way through. Two more before we get you out of here. Who's coming out of the West? I'm going with the Warriors. They get yeah. Clay back. I, you know, the boy Jordan Poole to hit another step. I'm going with the Warriors. At first, I'm like, oh, Lakers. Yeah, they got mellow. Yeah, I'm with it. Okay, cool. Nah, I'm, I'm going back, going, going back, back to the Bay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm watching this. I'm like, Golden State, this is without Clay. And I think, too, they're going to use Wiseman and get another piece. And they, yeah. That's going to be scary because Wiseman don't fit with this. They're going to get Wiseman back healthy, play him a couple games, and if they get another – it only got to be a star. Get another – Nice, solid piece. Mm-hmm. Steph, Clay, Draymond back on the top of the mountain. Y'all already heard Draymond. He said, don't, don't let y'all, don't let us win a championship. You ain't going to hear the end of it. Draymond got his own podcast now, too. It's going to go. Y'all ain't going to hear the end That's of that. That's a fact. Last one. Five people, dead or alive, you'd like to have a meal with. Okay. Oh, all right. I gotta have. I gotta sit down with Hov. I got to. Um, another person I want to sit down and tap in with, Mark Cuban. Mm. Mark Cuban at the age of twenty-seven, he had like twenty-six cents in his bank account. I ain't even thirty yet. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to tap in, for real. You know what I'm saying? Um. Who's somebody else? Uh, I want to sit down with. Mm, let me do something interesting. I want to sit down with. Man, you threw me off. I ain't gonna lie. Uh. Think somebody else influential basketball player or football player um no let me not do sports man you're always doing doing sports let me let, let's do something a little bit more like um a guy like i want a ceo 
and not just of a of a of a company like even like music for example so like a, a ceo like i want you know what i want to tap in with them with them boys down south like like uh like coach and um and p uh qc records mm-hmm. i want to, i want to tap in with them because you know to really see like how you how you get it out the mud like like what is it that you had to do um type of thing i'm all i'm all about motivation i'm all about um how you get something out of nothing um you know what i'm saying uh another another two people i got two people left mm-hmm. um let me think i would love to sit down with a with a woman like Aaliyah, rest in peace a beautiful soul um simple um you know really just you know just tap in with with you know what were her were her goals in life? Cause she was a beautiful person, even at a young age. But we, when she died, bro, we was like elementary school. You know what I'm saying? And I, that was one of them deaths. I remember a lot of young girls I was going to school with. They were heartbroken, and she was a real influence. Um, so that's somebody. And then my fifth person. Oh, I know exactly who. Dmx. He's probably one of the realest people on earth, regardless of his mistakes. He was gonna keep it real. I can appreciate that. And I've always been an X fan. You know, you know, we we both from the 914, uh, Westchester County. So like I would love to just tap in and see what w- what kind of gems he would give um to be the best person you could be, even even through your struggles. Yo, it's a whole lot of money at that table, a whole lot of wisdom at that table. Mm-hmm. Just make sure that you got the Deep fried turkey, did yeah, man. I, y'all, I really want that. You don't, you don't understand. Like, that's I gotta try it. I got to facts, bro. But yo, you already know the vibes, man. If you stay ready, you don't gotta get ready. Hey, Bench Mob ENT, we out. Peace, say less.